All right, all right, all right. That's what I love about these high school girls. Nah, we're not going to do that tonight. I'm not going full McConaughey. Just maybe a little McConaughey. It'll all make sense, but first things first. things first you know how we like to start things out up in this joint the curry brothers pride of gravenhurst ontario i think half the time that i say i'm gonna put a link to their band camp in my description by the time i go to write the description i've forgotten that i'm gonna do that i'm gonna try and remember to do a thing tonight and it's really smart kids this is what people who actually do things with social media do and i'm gonna try and do it i'm gonna make what we call a boiler plate a text document that I could simply copy and paste into the bottom of the description. And it will include such tidbits as, like, my Instagram account, which I never promote. And, like, some people watch it here on Instagram, so you would think. And yet, here I am. I'll also include a link to the wonderful Curry Brothers album, We Are the Curry Brothers. I know I say it every week, but it's because I'm thankful. I think that song is killer. It is lit. It slaps if you're that generation. Um, and I want you to buy the album because it's a good album and it deserves to be bought. So that's all I got to say about that. Check out the Curry Brothers on Bandcamp. C-U-R-R-I-E, not a Y, kids, I-E. What are we doing tonight? We got a beer. It's exciting. I know that that didn't sound very excited. I had a bit of a day today. Oh, I haven't even told y'all. You know, maybe we should get caught up. Hey, how was your week last week? Oh. And what did he say? <laughs> I love that guy. Anyway, uh, I got COVID, so that was interesting. <laughs> Woke up Tuesday morning, thought, oh, I might have a little touch of allergies. Did the old rapid up the nose. Now nah, it was negative. Took a reacting. An hour later, the reacting had done nothing, leading me to believe, in my expert medical opinion, aha, this might not be a histamine reaction. This might be some sort of sickness. Indeed, by the end of the day, I was in no fit shape to do much of anything aside from literally come home and collapse into bed and sleep. And then I woke up and had some dinner and I went back to sleep. I did a rapid Wednesday morning and the results were definitive, as they say. And uh, so I had the rest of the week off. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was sick, so it sucked. I've been hoping for an asymptomatic positive so I could just, like, kick it. Can I kick it? Yes, I can. Or I could. But instead, I got the symptomatic kind. Now, I will say I'm fine. Very healthy. Mild end of a cold sort of feelings right now. Little congestion, you know, a little malaise, but not much. Sadly, not a little mayonnaise. That would be all right. But I digress. That's what my week was. How was yours? Oh, we already did this. I was about to do the exact same joke. Ah, I love that guy. Anyway, uh, so, I, so I saw something on um, the old Instagram today, and it, uh, it piqued my curiosity. 
it piqued it so much, I thought, I am going to go get that beer. I'm just appreciating. Oh, this is an interesting... You can't see it yet, but this is interesting. What did I see? Well, it was a, a post from uh, Friends of the Pod, Aveling Brewery. Mainly my Aveling uh, consumption of late has been at the, uh, of course, the Toronto Arrows, where Aveling is one of the beer providers uh, in the garden and at the uh, tables around the stadium. This has not been available at York Lions Stadium. Um, so close to not being in Toronto, it's almost not in Toronto. Uh, man, Aveling's going a long haul to get up there because they're not that far from me. And, uh, you know, I know it takes me a long time to get there, and I'm not to toting beer in my wake. Uh, but there they are. Bless them for it. No, I saw this, and, and their main thing is what I always tell people, you know, if you want to get some of this up at your local LCBO, hit them up, because what they were letting you know is they have a SKU listed for this, which means it can be ordered by the LCBO. What am I talking about? Well, if you didn't see the post, let me just hold it up onto the camera or use my words. This is Spinning Yarn from Aveling. What do I know about it? Nothing. It's called Spinning Yarn, so that's a good start. I do know... Now, I'm holding this up for the camera. I, it's kind of hard to say because it's obviously in front of me. This bottle and the, the, the bottle top, that is not a standard-sized cap. And I can tell that just by looking at it. It's bigger. Uh, now, I can't recall what the measurements are. I think this is like a 1.4 centimeter cap and the industry standard, like this black lab cap that I happen to have sitting next to me here is 1.2. I don't know. It's something like that. Or this one's imperial and this one's metric. But if you look, you can see on the video, well, maybe not quite clearly, but that's clear to me. The black lab one is slightly, and by slightly, I mean like two mil smaller. What that means is this cap will not fit on this bottle. It also means that this bottle is super heavy duty. Um, this is the same width as the top of a champagne bottle. You could put a cork in that. Just putting that out there. I don't know if they have. I don't know if that indicates what's in here. You know what it makes me is a little worried because as always, I've come completely unprepared for any sort of a spill. And I always say that, and in my mind, I always kind of think, oh, I wonder if people are sick of this joke yet, because the beer never explodes. But here's the thing. This beer, it might explode. And what am I going to do? Like, take off my shirt, probably. I'm not going to use the pride flag behind me. That seems sacrilegious. I have a box of tissues and a tissue. kind of surrounded by tissues, if I'm honest. There is no planet B and there's no plan B on this podcast. I'm going to open this and see what the heck happens and um, maybe offer some very impromptu sacrifice to the gods of exploding beer. I'm using a Leatherman today, you know why? Because it was right next to me. Uh, I really don't feel good about this one. Let's see what happens. Well, one thing that's happening is I can't actually get my Leatherman's bottle opener under the rim of this cap. That's a, that was an unexpected problem. Where's my regular bottle opener? I have like, oh, here, the, the dolphin one. The dolphin one should work. I have a dolphin bottle opener. The tail is the opener. Dolphino, are you going to do it for me? No, Dolphino's... 
I'm getting foiled. And I usually, I usually have a big flat metal opener kicking around my desk. Ah, oh, nuts. Okay, we're gonna have another crack with, oh, there's actually two leather people here. Now that one doesn't actually have a bottle opener attached to the side of it. Okay, we're gonna have another go with the bottle opener on the Leatherman. I think I can do this. Oh yeah, there, I'm under. Okay, part of the way there. This is not a dramatic open. Okay, there we go, we got the cap off. Don't worry, the oversized cap has been removed. Evidently, the depth of the crown it's also maybe slightly deeper. Looks it. Hmm. Now you know, kids. There's no reshoots on the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. Did I mention that? How you doing? Mondays, eh? Back at it after some COVID, because that's what I am. I'm kind of tired, if I'm honest with you. And what do I know about this spinning yarn? Well, it didn't explode all over me, so that's positive. My fear of this very dense champagne weight bottle was unnecessary. And once again, that joke will live to see another day. Uh, and what, have, what do I know about it? I, I did see in the post uh, encouraging people to uh, hit up their LCBO to get this beer. And it did mention Brett. So my expectation is something funky, funky. Oh, hey, Ben Johnson. Um, I know nothing else about it. It is called Spinning Yarn. It actually does say barrel-aged blend right on the label. So guess what? Now I know two things about it. I'm going to pour it in this here glass. On screen, if I may be so bold. Make sure everybody can see it, including the people listening at home. It's pouring a hazy golden yellow. Uh, yeah, let's just dump the whole thing. There we go. Not going to be a lot of swirl space in this glass, but we got all the yeasty leasy bits. So as noted, opaque, yellow. A bit of a white head on there. Not bad, not bad. It's called spinning yarn, and you know... You know, that makes me think of, uh, reminds me of a time, uh, actually, time, uh, uh, what was it? It was just this past Easter, wasn't it? Uh, sure, yeah, that was, what, two weeks ago? And, of course, you know, Easter uh, time when you might, uh, you might connect with some family. You might have, a, might have a meal. What do you have at Easter? Do you eat, uh, we talked about this, do you eat lamb? Seems a bit weird if you're coming from where I'm coming from. Ham? I know ham's a popular one at Easter. Do people eat a turkey at Easter ever? That just doesn't seem right. If you eat a turkey at Easter, don't let me yuck your yum, but I digress. I think a lot of people eat beef, maybe. Maybe a roast. Did you eat a roast? Did you have Yorkshires with it if you did? Irrelevant. Nothing to do with this story. Because this story was about my Easter. What is this? I think it's my dog I'm hearing in my bedroom. I thought my wife was lurking just on... The other side of that door. I think it's my dog. Um, oh, yeah, I was saying, so uh, Easter Easter dinner. Easter dinner. I won't bore you with what we had. It was delicious. Uh, sorry you weren't there. Uh, but, you know, had some family. Or not a lot. You know, COVID. A little, little sketchy. Especially some of the older uh, family. Uh, you know, you want to be careful with them. 
with COVID, even if they're quadruple vaccinated, which some of them were, uh, and all of them triple, uh, you still don't want to give anybody COVID, you know, so we kept the numbers low. But anyway, after, no, it was, it was before dinner, pardon me, uh, I was sitting with my, uh, my uncle, Hector, and uh, we were having a chat, we were having a beer together, um, don't even remember what it was, I, I like he was drinking, let's just go with beer. Can't remember what I was having that weekend, but it was something tasty, I'm sure. Anyway, I was talking with uh, with Uncle Hector, and uh, you know the thing, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, but me, my parents are kind of they're getting older, you know, they're in their seventies. And uh, Hector, he's my dad's older brother, so he's even a bit older. Yes, his memory's kind of, hmm, you know, getting a little. Doesn't seem too bad yet, but it's not quite there. And, uh, but I knew for a fact, actually, uh, cause I'd been, I'd been talking, uh, with family earlier, uh, like days before, um, they've actually got them. There's a, there's a drug, um, they're, they're using, if you know, if you start early enough, it can actually help kind of slow down that process. It's, I don't know too much about it. I'm not a, clearly not a doctor anyway. Um, anyway, so I was talking with him and I thought, well, I'll bring that up. We'll see. Cause you know, it can be tough and, uh, you know, especially, you know, young nephew, not young anymore, but compared to Uncle Hector, I'm young. Uh, you know, I could be a good, uh, I could be a good ear for listening if he's got some concerns or whatever about it. Uh, so we were talking and I was asking him, you know, oh, Uncle Hector, uh, I, I heard they've, they're, uh, they got you on a new medication for the, uh, the memory. He said, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's a pill. I just take a couple every day. Don't know. Can't, couldn't tell you if it's helping or not. Said, uh, "Oh, that's interesting, Uncle Hector. That's interesting. What's what's the drug called?" He said, "Oh yeah, what? Hmm." Uh, and he kind of thought a minute. Ah, and I mean that's sounds kind of funny, right? Because it's a joke, or it's a joke. It's a it's a medication for for memory. It's not a joke. Uh, he couldn't remember the name of the drug. And I mean, I don't know the name of the drug. I wasn't paying that much attention when I was talking to my cousin. But, uh, but he really, it seemed to bother him that he didn't remember the name of the drug, which I suppose in retrospect made a lot of sense. Uh, one might question its efficacy. Uh, although none of these things are silver bullets, of course, so you've got to give him some time. Uh, anyway, so he couldn't remember, and he's, he starts he's humming and hawing, and he goes, uh, ah, Chris, what's, um, what's the name of the, you know, the flower? So the flower. He goes, yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, you like them, the flower. I said, oh, hibiscus? I like hibiscus flowers. He goes, no, 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 not hibiscus, not hibiscus. I don't know. He goes, they're red. I go, I mean, hibiscus is already. He goes, stop with the hibiscus is already, okay? It's not a hibiscus. I say, hey, Hector, I'm sorry, man. It's just, I got a tattooed on my body. Like, I like a hibiscus. He said, I get that you like the hibiscus. We're not talking about a hibiscus here. So I'm sorry, Uncle Hector. So it's a flower. It's it's a red flower, and I go, like a carnation. First thing that came to mind. No, not not a carnation. The red flower, and you you know you give it to a woman you like. I go, oh, sorry, Uncle Hector. A rose. You're talking about a rose. He goes, yes, a rose. Exactly. He goes, hey, uh, Rose. What's the name of that medication the doctor gave me? <laughs> so you know what that is, kids. We call that spinning a yarn. And of course, I'd say I have to give full credit to Norm MacDonald for that one, and so I would. I'm 99% sure he probably lifted that from like a 1920s comedian. But anyway, I digress. I do not have an uncle named uh, Hector. Indeed, 
I have but one uncle, and his name, of course, is John. Uh, I digress. What was I even talking about? Spinning a yarn? I don't know. Let's get into this beer. I know two things about it now. It's got Brett. What did we say it was? A, a barrel-aged blend. That's what we know. Hey, Rose! What's the name of that? Medication. It's a good bit. Let's give it a sniff. Not Rose and the medication. Spinning a yarn. I'm done. My yarn, it's spun. Sorry, I kind of hiccup burped at the end of the word spun. I really debated whether or not to tell you or just make you think that maybe your feed had clipped out for a second. But hey, this is a safe space. We need to be honest with each other. I hiccup burped. Same time. Not a, a not an attractive thing to do by any standards. But then again, sniffing and slurping and humming about beer on a podcast. Also not. So I'm like batting a thousand right now. Hmm. Interesting. I was just drinking a uh, a ransack the universe, and I'm a little worried. I'm a little hopped up right now. I'm not expecting this to be particularly hoppy. Let's see. Hmm, that's interesting. It sounds super barely, if I'm honest with you. It smells a little bit like a like a Belgian white ale. Some yeasty character some malt and maybe like uh, there might be like an adjunct in there like candy sugar or something yeah it's like sweet and um, yeasty spicy and like a little hit of booze maybe oh my gosh that joke really went a long time we're already 17 minutes in yikes interesting there's like maybe some not quite raspberry something a little tart though I know tart isn't strictly speaking something you can smell but go with me on this I mean oh sorry and also a bit of a bready characteristic not massive it's not super horsey it's just a, like a, a touch of funk to it um, sort of musty almost um, more, more than anything, I would say. Yeah, I'm going to sip it. See what we see. Again, long joke. <laughs> Got to get, get going, guys. I got things to do, including drinking this beer. Probably another. Oh, hang on, though. Yeah, the yeast characteristic on this is big. It's, it's a like a very Belgian-y kind of smelling yeast. Spices and... Not really quite phenolic. Just spicy. Huh. Oh. Hmm, that's very interesting. I like that. This is a this is a very sophisticated uh beer. Doesn't deserve the joke I started this with. Okay, so I mean it says it's a barrel aged blend. There's definitely oak on the palate. Um, soft, sort of like uh, like wine oak or French oak. It's not. It doesn't have a particular um, uh, like like spirit characteristic to it. 
maybe it's Venice. It's a little Venice. It could be a wine barrel or it could be a fooder. I'm not sure. Um, there is a um, sort of a white wine kind of character to this or maybe red. No, nah, it's more like because it's drier, a little snappier. It's more like a Sauv Blanc. Oh, Whew. I'm also assuming when it says it's a blend, I'm also thinking that the, the blend is mixed, not <sighs> mixed fermentation. Um, it's a blend of two different fermentations, and I have a feeling one of them is using some sort of a Belgian ale yeast, and the other might be just using Brett. It might be a 100% Brett fermentation. Or that might actually be a mixed. It might be a Cezanne yeast or something with Brett, like like a Escarpment New World or, or something like that. Um, I say that because, well, it says it's a blend, so that's a bit of a giveaway. Um, it very clearly has a Belgian spicy yeasty character to it. Hmm. Actually, it's interesting because I was thinking about it. And that characteristic hits a little bit more, again, like an Abbey-style beer. If it were boozier, I would say it would drink like a triple, that part of it. And I want you to be careful here, because I'm only describing a piece of what we're talking about here. Or maybe like a white ale. Um, the bready side of it drinks very Saison-like, but like with bread. It's um, now we're getting into the territory of horse blanket. The aroma isn't there, but on the palate, there's a very definite. <laughs> this would be a very good beer. If somebody said, oh, what does bread and mice's taste like? It could be like like this. Like tart cherry pie, horsey. Not quite earthy, though. Super dry. And yeah, that tart characteristic, I'm pretty sure, is just the Brett. Brett can give you a bit of a sour cherry pop, which is interesting because it's um, it's not super acetic. It's not it like this isn't a sour beer. There's tartness to it, but it's not sour. It's very dry, spicy, bit bready, bit of cherries. Oh, by the way, you remember when I was saying it smells tart and I said like something berry like it was cherries. I just needed to get it on my tongue to tell that because I can smell it thick as thieves now. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm not so sure about any adjuncts in there. I think it is just going to be like Pilsner malt. Hmm. I'm not, yeah, I'm not convinced that there's anything else in there. Wonderfully dry, nice snappy carbonation. Dryness, uh, not particularly hoppy. Now again, I was just drinking a New World IPA, which for the record, not super bitter, but a lot of hop characteristic. So I'm kind of giving myself a minute to kind of let this get out of my system, that out of my system, get this into my system. tricky. The Brett can be a little deceptive in ways. There might be a bit of a grassiness to it that could be hop related or like hay. That could also be the malt though. 
if it was hay-like. Grassiness, not so much. Mm -mm -mm. Let's take a look at the bottle and see what it has to say. The big, heavy, tiny champagne bottle. Seriously, this is like an airplane-sized bottle of champagne. It says where it's brewed and bottled. Oh, there is some very small print. Oh, here we go. A Saison in the ancient style. Thoughtfully chosen barrels blended into distinctive expressions of our oak aging program, spun from the same threads with no further additions. Oh, pardon me. The, I didn't really look particularly close. This is spinning yarn, barrel aged blend 2020, blend B. And now it says, because it said blend B, I didn't know what that meant. Blend B has notes of honeydew and white grape. Yeah, I didn't so much get honeydew. White grape makes sense. Kind of soft blonky. A subdued acidity, agree with that, and brett forward fruit and floral notes. Wouldn't have necessarily, well, I suppose grassiness sometimes hits a little floral. A complex blend kept lean and agile by its elevated bitterness and clean finish. That's interesting. Again, drinking an IPA, so a little thrown off. I wouldn't have described this as having elevated bitterness. It's very dry. So it's snappy, but maybe, hmm, I don't know. So there you go. It is a Saison. Again, even the way they put it in that description with tartness, it is not sour. I mean, it is. It's tart, but it's not a sour. Like, it's not a sour beer. It's nothing like a Berliner Weiss or something like that. It's not a kettle sour. The sourness from this is probably coming entirely from the bread, which is not particularly sour, right? You get a bit of, like, cherry tart. Uh, and that's what they're saying, right? It, it's got the fruit and floral notes. Again, floral, eh? Uh, well, again, I probably did a disservice to myself and this beer drinking a ransack right before this. I could maybe buy honeydew, but there's so much cherry to it. And again, white, like, I wouldn't have said white grape. I would have said very specifically white wine. And because of that dry, minerally quality to the finish, kind of think Sauve Blanc. Uh, the take home, this is really tasty. This is just, just in case I got real intellectual about it real quick. Um, when that happens, it typically means the beer is really bad or really good. And in this case, really good. Man, I love a good Saison. Again, it's interesting, the barrel, it does make me wonder about the barrel. Because there is a bit of an oaky, woody kind of quality to it. But unless it came out of a white wine or maybe a red wine barrel that had been, or I suppose the other thing is, it could be out of a barrel that's been used a couple of times. So its, it's main flavor characteristic now is much more beer than anything else. That's a possibility too. There is an oak characteristic to it, which is quite nice. It's quite good. It's interesting. They describe it as like an ancient style. And I agree. Um, the, the carbonation on it actually is a, for, for my preference for a Saison, it's a little on the low side. It's got a nice snappy carbonation, but like, I like, um, Saison's that almost foam in your mouth. They're so carbonated. Like, uh, like opening a Pellegrino or something. 
But yeah, sour cherries and white wine for sure. Oaky. 100% Breton there. And then interesting, like I said, I was, I was trying to pull apart that yeast characteristic. Saison yeast, for sure. Um, it's spicy, though, but it's nice. It's good. This is a rock-solid beer. Spinning Yarn Barrel-Aged Blend 2020 Blend B. I can't speak to A or C, assuming that there are A and C. It's only 5% alcohol. That's interesting, actually. I was a little bit surprised that there wasn't, like, a little alcoholic heat to it. Which is to say, there's none. I just, through prejudice, was thinking this was probably going to be closer to like six and a half or seven, where a bit of heat isn't a foregone conclusion, but it's certainly not um, surprising when it happens. Uh, but at a solid five percent, this is this is nice stuff. It does um. It does bring up some interesting challenges for food pairing, uh, which I'll talk about now. This food pairing brought to you by something delicious I like to eat. You know what I eat? A lot of Strub's dill pickles. Yeah, kosher style. Could I make kosher style pickles? Yes. Do I occasionally? Eh, not so much anymore, but I have. I can just buy strubs. They're pretty good. And they're available at grocery stores everywhere. So this food pairing brought to you by Strubs Dill Pickles. Mmm. They did not pay me to say that, nor did they give me free pickles. But if anybody from Strubs happens to be listening to this and you want to, I like the uh, large plastic jar... Because when I'm done, for one, the pickles are huge, which are great. I don't like these little guys. I want a big-ass pickle. And then when I'm done, I rinse it out. And then I make a bird feeder out of it. Because I like to make bird feeders out of recyclable materials. So when the squirrels destroy said bird feeder, I can just take it down, throw it in the recycling, and make a new one. And nobody gets hurt. It's great. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, food pairing with this. Hmm, it's interesting. Cheese, 100%. Always cheese. What cheese, you ask me? Funky cheese. Nothing too massive, though. Nothing too massive. Or actually, you could kind of go in the other direction with that. You could do like a manchego, which would be really nice. Um, harder. They're not hard cheeses, but a firmer cheese. It's not a brie or something. But with a lot of nice weight and that sheep milk characteristic... Um, which in of itself, hmm, funky isn't quite the right word for it, but it's like, if you're used to pasteurized cow's milk cheese, it's like, whoa, what, what, what is this? It's bursting with flavors I'm unfamiliar with. That'd be nice. Yeah, a bit of manchego with this. Man, I wish I had some manchego. Hmm. Also, uh, you could do something, to, like, I mean, you could eat, like, a bit of parmesan, not shaky parmesan, like Reggiano. You're gonna need a cheese peel to get that off there the usual suspects apply beamster or cloth bound cheddar just make sure it's not too funky um, you could go with something fatty like a brie but I don't think it'd be bad I just don't think it'd be like exceptional um, 
Oh, what about, oh, maybe a Mimole could be interesting. That could be cool. Anyway, play with it. Have some fun. Uh, if you're going to eat, like, food food with it, minerally white whiny tart. If you're going to eat meat, go with something white or light, um, like a pork dish, but not like ham, like not salty. Um, like a chop, uh, lamb even would probably work well with this. Again, I said a while ago, lamb with mint sauce, if you like that herbal quality might work really well with that. If you like the vegetables, hmm, trickier. It's a pretty complicated beer. Oh, you could do something like um, like an oil-based pasta sauce. You could use like uh, you could brown off some sage in butter or oil if you're a filthy vegan like I will be for the next couple of days. Some garlic, crispy browned off sage, uh, maybe brown off some shallots. And then some sort of a nut, probably a pine nut, could be a walnut. No, stick with pine nuts, but walnuts if you have to. Nothing else. Don't put peanuts up in there. Don't be stupid. Don't try and throw a cashew in there. Wrong nut entirely. Yeah, pine nut. Browned off sage. Some garlic. Some caramelized shallot in actually a mix of butter and just olive oil, not extra virgin because you're frying it. It's going to get too hot. You're going to burn it. It's going to taste disgusting. Just olive oil, right? Not what you would drizzle on a salad. Not extra virgin. Do you understand me? Just, just olive oil. And none of this Bertolini nonsense. That stuff's like 85% soy oil or vegetable oil. Just find like a can probably in the ethnic aisle of your grocery store, which by the way, if you are a podcast listener, and I assume if you're listening to this, you might be, you might listen to 99% Invisible as well. They just did a fascinating piece on the ethnic aisle at the grocery store. Um, if you go down that aisle, you might find a can of olive oil but it's not extra virgin, and that's what you want. You want olive oil for cooking. Sometimes they call it pumice olive oil. I don't know why. Also, if you just go to an Italian-specific grocery like Sun Valley or Colangelo's or something, they can help you out. Anyway, what was I saying? Butter and olive oil, but not extra virgin, guys. And don't let Food Network lie to you and say that if you mix butter and extra virgin olive oil, you'll get the smoke point of butter with the taste of extra virgin. That's not the way science works, kids. Anyway, get some olive oil and some butter, the stuff I told you. And I mean, ideally, if you had some fresh pasta and like a broad noodle, that'd be so good. <gasps> And then you could grate some Parmesan cheese on top of it. And again, not the stuff that you shake out of the bottle that you buy at the, like you need a block of Parmesan cheese. And like, you could do it with a microplane like a normal human, but if you wanted to be really cool, you could use a peel and you could just run like curls of beautiful Parmesan on top of it. With this beer, are you kidding me? That would be bonkers. That's what I want to have right now.
can also do a pretty cool risotto. Similar flavor profile, lean into the herbs, and a lot of caramelization. Uh, if you're wondering, the reason why we're hitting the onions on caramelization and we're actually crispy frying the sage a bit is we're trying to get some caramelized sugars because this beer has no sweetness. And so we're trying to add a level of sweetness with herbaceous quality and some oiliness. Those are three things that the beer does not have, but it'll play well with. Oh, and it, uh, that sauce I forgot to mention is going to need some acid. You could throw in some lemon juice or you could throw in some of this beer. It'd be pretty good careful now that I say that. If you're going to do that, hit it at the very end and don't give it a lot of time in the pan. I don't know how this beer is going to cook. So watch that. Um, or a bit of white wine. White wine would work great. Or even white wine vinegar. Not white vinegar, kids. White wine vinegar. That could work too. I say that that pasta needs an acid in it. Um, the, the beer is obviously significantly tart enough that it doesn't need it for the pairing's sake, but for that dish to stand on its own two feet, you're going to need uh, some acid in there. Lemon juice. Did I mention that at the beginning? That could work too. Um, lemon juice can just be a little overbearing in that context, so you want to be careful with it if you go that way. But again, once you've killed the heat in the pan but it's still hot, a splash of this beer, toss it, plate it, that'd be good. Uh, you could throw some spinach in there. That'd be all right too. Hmm. Uh, nothing to do with the beer, just to fit well with what that pasta is going to taste like, I think. Mm -mm -mm. Spinning yarn from Aveling. These bottles are available right now at the brewery at Pape and Queen in Leslieville. And as they mentioned in their, uh, in their Instagram post that piqued my interest... You can request it at the LCBO. It has a skew. Please do request it at the LCBO. We need more interesting beers like this to be brought into the LCBO. Also, it's in a bottle. And I'm a fan of beer in bottles. Not just champagne bottles, although that's pretty cool too. But bottled beer is a good thing. No plastic in a bottle, kids. That's just glass. In a can? trying to tell me you don't think there's plastic on the inside of that can? Do you know anything about how things are canned? That beer is in constant contact with plastic from the day it gets canned until the moment it enters your mouth or the glass you're going to drink it out of. Uh, yes, every can has a plastic liner. So if you don't drink out of an algae, but you do drink beer out of a can, you've got some cognitive dissonance you need to address. But that's just, that's neither here nor there. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I do know of one event, and I actually know about it, not a lot about it, but enough that I can talk about it. <laughs> I know enough about it to know that I can't go because it's too expensive. Uh, but <laughs> if you are interested, and especially if you are one of those blessed people who continued to work from home through the whole pandemic, but you didn't add another like floor to your house or like dig out the basement or something, and you got some money to burn and you want to go away, but you don't want to go far because you know, people in other places, eh, I got a, I got a good news for you. Deerhurst resort in Huntsville, Ontario, not too far from Gravenhurst, which as you recall is the home of the Curry brothers, uh, wonderful musical group uh, Huntsville about 
30 minutes north of Gravenhurst on 11, 40 minutes, give or take, uh, is hosting their spring, I can't even remember what it's called, craft beer thing. It's not going to be hard to find. Just Google Deerhurst and craft beer. It's the weekend of May. I think it's the 28th. It's around that. It's the end of May. They're having a craft beer festival with food, of course, as you do, at Deerhurst in beautiful Huntsville, Ontario. Sportsman's paradise, I'm told. Uh, Who's going to be there? I don't know. They just say it's going to be a craft beer festival. Probably a lot of their licensees that they... um, they 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 sell uh which is probably fine i don't know i haven't been to deerhurst in years uh but it looks like a great time most importantly the uh entertainment for the evening will be uh friend of the pod not really uh dwayne gretzky my second favorite bar band of all time my favorite being sons of ringo Man, if Sons of Ringo could open, that'd be fantastic. Just bands that play great covers. Sorry, I just got distracted. My waveforms on Adobe Audition. One of them looked a lot like a TIE fighter. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Dwayne Gretzky playing the Huntsville... Not Huntsville. Uh, what do we say it was? Where is it? The resort. I was literally just talking about it in Huntsville. Help me out, guys. I've completely blanked (laughs) on the name of the resort in Huntsville. It's gone. Let's do a quick PSA before I finish this idea about Deerhurst. There it is. Deerhurst is having their craft beer festival May, I think, 28th. Tickets are on sale now. Friends, if you are a young person or you uh, love young people, take their head injuries seriously. Oh, golly. The 90s were a hard decade for heads. Uh, Deerhurst, go online, check it out. You can go just to the festival. I believe the ticket is like around 70 bucks, which seems like a lot, but remember, A, it's at Deerhurst. B, it's a ticket to a Dwayne Gretzky show. And um, three, it's uh, you get some beer tickets and food tickets included in that price and admission to the festival where then you can consume more beer and food. Um, if you do not live in or near Huntsville, <laughs> hey, most of us don't. Just statistically speaking, I don't know what the population of Ontario is, but it's in the millions and the population of Huntsville is definitely not in the millions. So uh, right away, we're talking about a very small piece of the uh, pie. Uh, you can get a stay in play. I don't know. They've got some, one of those, you know, as they do marketing people. Um, it looks like it's going to be around 700 bucks for a night for a double occupancy room. Divide that into, I don't know exactly. They've warned you there's, there's this fee and that fee that's not included. I don't know why people in Ontario can't just include everything in the price. Do you know Europeans think we're crazy? That you'll say, oh, how much is that? Oh, it's $8.99. Cool. So I'm going to have to end up giving you more than $10 because of tax. Stupid. Uh, Anyway, there's fees and junk. 
look it up. If you're interested, last weekend in May, it would be a great time to go to Deerhurst and stay inside because Huntsville in May, the black flies are insane. So you heard that first here. Does look like a cool event. Uh, would I like to go? Definitely. Uh, do I have the money to spend the night at, what did we just say it was called? Deerhurst. Deerhurst. Do I have the money to stay there for the night? No, I do not. Uh, so I'm not going to go, but I would like to. Deerhurst, if you're listening. A, sorry I keep forgetting your name. B, sorry for outing the thing about the black flies. It's not hard to find out. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and what are we at? Four? Something like that. Uh, hook, hook a brother up. <laughs> Obviously, I've earned it. Actually, maybe don't. I think I have a rugby tournament that weekend. <sighs> that's the events. <laughs> that's the events this week, kid. These events brought to you by our friends at Deerhurst Resort. Mmm, <laughs> it's getting silly up in here. This beer is friggin' delicious. Well, I'm glad I got three bottles of it because this one sold me. The next two are going to be real special. I'm not going to have them tonight. No, not. Oh, look, Eric is telling me Deerhurst. Oh, my beautiful wife. There's a really interesting thing I heard. Oh, 45 minutes. Shoot. 9.45. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to remember where I read this. It's very sweet. Erica, my love, I don't think either of us are dying. Not imminently, anyway. Just putting that out there now. Um... Humans have interesting ways to store memory. Stick with me on this. Up to and including that you store memories in other people, and especially the people closest to you. Uh, so, oh, it was Malcolm Gladwell said this. It's out of the Bomber Mafia. Um, it's not his idea, I don't think. I think he heard it somewhere else, but uh, that's where I heard it. So, like... You don't have to remember how to program, I was going to say the clock on the VCR, because that's a pretty relevant reference right now. Uh, I think his reference is the remote control. You don't have to remember how to use the universal remote control. This is assuming you're an old person who doesn't know how to use their universal remote control. You don't have to remember how to use a universal remote control because you know your kid knows how to use a universal remote control. You've intentionally offloaded that from your brain into another brain. Right. For a married couple, I mean, it's almost a daily event that I ask my wife, do you know where X is? Or I'll say, like, I'll always try and couch it a little bit. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I looked in these three places where I expected to find X. Can you think of any reason why it wouldn't be in one of those three places? <laughs> Which is sort of a back ending way to say, where is X? Um we store memories in other people, which is one of one of the parts, a small part, but one of the parts of why grieving can be so challenging, especially when it's somebody particularly you live with, uh, whether or not they're your you know romantic partner or whatever, um, because all those memories are gone, and and like you can't get them back, and it's a very stark reminder of a bigger truth, right? There's a lot of things from that person that are now gone. You've got memories and, and records and so on and so forth. 
but those tangible moment to moment real things that you interact with, they're gone. Um, and so on the one hand, it's a beautiful, interesting way that we manage that sort of stuff. It's part of why we live in community for the most part is that we require that sort of intellectual, if you want network, um, to, to be better in general. It's like what specialization is to some extent. Um, I can't do that, but if you can, and I know you, then you can do that and I can do a thing that you can't do. And you know, it's a bit sharing. Um, but that goes right. That those memories, that skill, that thing that you depended on, it goes, it's very difficult. It's very sad. Uh, and that's what Erica just did. And oh my gosh, decades from now, hopefully if Erica predeceases me, my gosh, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> Maybe one day if we ever get to retire, our plan could be to make a book of all the things I don't know. And I can just have it <laughs> like it could be tabbed. <laughs> Resort names you forget regularly. Oh, Deerhurst would be right there after probably one that starts with C, probably before one that starts with E, you would think. Anyway, I digress. That was a beautiful little moment my wife and I had together on this podcast. And all she had to do was type the word Deerhurst. Will I forget the name of the resort in Huntsville again? Almost definitely. Will Erica remind me? Probably. That, my friends, is what some period of time married looks like. When did we get married? 2003. It's 2020. 19 years. It'll be 19 years this November. Still crazy about you, babe. I think that's a good place to end it. Let's let the Curry Brothers take us home. The link, it will be in the description. I'm remembering it right now. Link, Ray Gunn. Off of We Are the Curry Brothers, Pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario, buy your spinning yarn at Aveling or ask at the LCBO. They will bring it in if you insist. Until next week, kids, take care of each other.